0: Folks, welcome back to another episode of Mostly Ghostly. We got a great episode for you guys today, as usual, I shouldn't say, right, Ray? Oh, yeah. They're usually always pretty good, you know? So, Ray, how you doing over there, first off?
1: Not bad, not bad. Looking forward to tonight.
0: Me too. This, this episode's been a long time coming, kind of, we've been planning it out, and uh, very excited to have these people on the show, this is a lot of fun, we're gonna catch their journey, their paranormal journey, and uh, learn about these folks, you know what I mean? La La yep. Bright, we got La La Bright, and Bob McGuire. Happy to be here. Very happy to have you too. very happy to have you too. You know, we came across you guys over in, uh, I think the social media world is where we popped into you, uh, with your page, um, the la la bright LLC.com page, of course. And, uh, the, the, you know, we, we knew you guys had a cool story we wanted to have you on. You know what I mean? Yep. What Makes you guys so cool is you're kind of like an opposite attract in the sense of like the Bob comes from the scientific and the engineering world. And Lala is more of the, you know, the medium, more the, the unexplainable paranormal spiritual side of things, which you, you know, you don't always see those things pairing up, you know what I mean? But it's nice when they, it's nice when they do, you know what I mean? So, uh, we know Lala, I know your dad was very influential, um, kind of in your, your path. Can you tell us a little bit about, uh, you know, when all this started getting introduced into your life and such?
2: Were, um, he was a psychic and a Reiki healer, and he also had a teacher, Miss Joanne, that he would go to weekly for maybe thirty years. Um, and when I was five, my neighbor Miss um Grandma Cheyenne, passed away. They couldn't go to the funeral, so eventually they went to go find her grave. And in Baltimore, this grave site has over a thousand graves.
3: Ten thousand. It's a lot. It's huge. And
2: yeah. so they're looking for her and I hear her say, I'm over here. And I go and put my hand on it. And my parents looked at each other and my dad knew that's, he needed to start teaching me what I, what I am. And my mom had a master's in psychologies and she wanted me to be normal. So it was always, fighting back and forth on what I should be, you know. So I hit it a lot. Um, But he would teach me how to do the pendulum. He tried the tarot cards and my energy and all that stuff. And um, I never really, I was like, all right, Dad, whatever, you know. But uh, a couple years ago, my parents and my boyfriend at the time of 15 years, they all passed away. And... Um, I decided that, you know, my heart hurt a lot and I didn't want other people to feel like that. So I decided to come out of hiding of what I do and read people, read for people. And that's how I found him, because his mom was almost she was about to pass and so the energies were saying you need to talk to him and that's what got us together. Originally, I was just supposed to do that, but it led to a lot more. Thank yeah. goodness because we find all kinds of weird stuff. <laughs> so. <laughs> so,
0: yeah uh, that's cool. that's definitely cool. I know Bob, you had you came from the more science and the engineer background. Did, did, did you I'm sure there might have been a time in your life when you didn't believe in the paranormal or you often I, hear that? Well so,
3: uh, I had some weird experiences when I was young. I had three NDEs before I had any memory because it was, I was under one. And, uh, but I had, I miraculously learned to read at three with no one training me. Uh, by when I was 10, I all of a sudden built a telescope, became an amateur radio operator or memorized grades anatomy from cover to cover and turned into a cranium full of neurons. Mm-hmm. And so that kind of continued for a few years. I went off to college. And with my girlfriend from my hometown, we went to the same college and one weekend I was driving home with her for the weekend and we had an hour and a half of missing time. So because of the Gray's Anatomy bit, my whole family pushed and I was just sure I was going to wind up being a medical doctor because I had the brain for it. It's just I was, and I was interested in it. After the missing time, I stopped wanting to be a doctor. I changed universities. I became a mathematician and an engineer and what I am today. So for the next many decades, I was all technical, didn't do any woo, just it all of a sudden. And then toward the end of my working career, when I was at Virginia Tech uh, as the chief scientist for the Hume Center for National Security and Technology, I did a little bit of ghost hunting with people that were local to me. And I went to Aberdell House in Bedford. Uh, Virginia and had several experiences, including hearing people out in the hall walking up and down the hall and thinking it was another group. We went down and complained about the noise they were making. Said we, they said we've been down here for 30 minutes. So whatever we heard in the hall was not one of the human groups. So that was kind of woke me up a little bit. So I still was connected to the government and I heard about UFO stuff. I saw an interview being done with Chris Bledsoe. So I told him I was a scientist and I would like to come visit. He let me come visit and he got up one evening, went outside with me, and we had 40-foot orbs fly over our head and a bunch of other flashbulb kind of things and then a purple aura. And then uh, Chris, not looking up at the sky, the purple aura vanished. And as soon as it did, he said, okay, it's gone. We can go inside. So I went home from there and a hitchhiker uh, effect followed me home. I had applets of water inside my home hit me in the face and on the bed, et cetera. And, and, and the woman that lived with me at the time. So, uh, I called Chris and told him that a hitchhiker had happened and that I would help him with his stuff. Uh, he told me the first thing he needed was me to help him prepare his first public talk on all of his evidence. So I did that. And two weeks after that, the woman that went with me to visit, who had had a stroke and had right side weakness, all of a sudden, all those symptoms disappeared. And a few months later, she went to her neurosurgeon. He did a brain scan. He released her from his care. He said, I don't know what miracle this is, but I can't even find the lesion. And so she's cured today of any ravages of stroke after visiting Chris Bledsoe. So uh, then I got, did all my stuff and COVID hit and I retired and some of this weird stuff happened to me at home, orbs in the home, craft around the house. And in April of last year, my mother passed. As She told you she offered me a reading. I saw some odd things with my mother, like her talking to deceased relatives. I came home and had her do the reading. And uh, she began telling me things that my mother and I knew and no one else knew. She began telling me things that I didn't know. And I asked my family and none of my brothers didn't know. But we were later able to confirm with other family and friends that everything she said was correct. So at the end of the reading, she said, there's a little woman that's walked up who is really talking a mile a minute, and I can't understand what she says. She's bossy. I can't understand because she has a really thick southern accent. And she says, but I keep hearing this word, and I don't understand what it means. I says, well, what is it? She said, it's Tweety. And, you know, I kind of lost it because when I was one, I would often stay with my grandmother, and she would call me Sweetie, and I couldn't say Sweetie, so I would call her Tweety. And that became my grandmother's name with all the grandchildren because I'm the oldest. And then Lala told me that there was a poodle in her arms. Now, my grandmother had been dead for 25 plus years, and she raised poodles. I mean, really, really did. And the poodle that was in her arm was her favorite name, Pierre. So then we began investigating all the other stuff that she had going on in her head and around this stuff. And she quickly began telling me of, quote, dreams she had. And being a UFO person by then, I realized these dreams were recovering memories from abduction events. So we began exploring whether or not she had alien ET connections, and it quickly became clear she did. And we kept working and working together, fell in love, and now we live together.
0: Boom! Meow! (laughs) I like it. Kudos! Kudos! Uh, Yeah, the I always love like the 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 military. There's like the military and uh, when they let you see the certain things. You know what I mean? It's it's you know it's something, and then. You, what was it? What were you saying? That, that water, the water, something about water when you got back to your...
3: Yeah, it was like, it was like out of the middle of the air without it being visible, it was like a ghost was shooting me with a water pistol. Really? Yeah. Right out of the middle
0: of the air. I dig it. So where do you, where do you two kind of settle, you know, a thin, there's a thin line between, you know, the alien world And then you know, like with the ghostly, you think, where do you? How do they coincide? With what do you guys think about that?
2: I used to think they're very different. Now I I think they're much more similar than I realized. They're they're so easy to connect to, to speak with. They just feel different. So the aliens are energy beings. I don't know what they like to be called, but they are very professional feeling. And the spirits that were human are very still emotional. They're they're just like us, you know. But I I I want to know do they live in the same dimension? It feels like they do, and can we somehow get there without having to pass over? Can we somehow scientifically create a doorway? You know. Yeah, we've, we've in, watched...
3: in response to this desire, I bought a books a bunch of books on out of body experience and astral projections, and I'm working my way through it.
0: Yeah, we often talk about the question of whether or not they share the same heaven type deal. Cause that'd be kind of interesting.
3: Yeah, like
0: an alienation, but like. Uh...
3: So I have I have a story. We we've become friends with Bob Luca, and Bob Luca was Betty Andress and Luca's husband. And Betty Andresson was taken by UFOs many times, and one of her adventures, they, she was taken to their home planet. And she met quote God and knew that she was talking with Jesus. So there is some kind of connection.
2: We found a cross shaped craft in the sky and it showed up on a couple nights. Yeah. You know,
0: it's amazing. It makes me wonder, is that where it started? You know, it was, it was just, we heard this really fun theory, if you will, of, um, like like alien like aliens being demons in a way, mm-hmm. where it's like a tr- they're tricking you in a way, type deal. Like for you to think, you know, that there was one, then you almost like dismiss the god thing because then, like the thing about the heaven, it's like, well, we have this wasn't in the Bible, you know what I mean? Like, what's going on here?
3: So some people call what what permeates the universe and kind of makes it run yeah. God. Some people call it the universal consciousness. Right. So whatever it is, it's real, and it pervades everything, and it's everywhere. And we are small pieces of it. Yeah. And there's now scientific theory, which says exactly that, done by Dr. Donald Hoffman at the University of California, Irvine, who's a cognitive scientist, and he says there's a gigantic set of things which makes up consciousness and we are a projection of a little piece of it so if you, hear, you hear the little people regularly say we are facets of the universal consciousness and he's got a theory which says exactly that
0: well, lala you said you've always had the gift even though you didn't quite publicly sh- express it before you kind of were public with it, were you doing it with friends, or was it just something you kept completely to yourself?
2: Um, I had a best friend that I from high school, and we would. She was like me too, and we would practice and and sometimes throughout my life, if someone really needed a reading, whether I knew them or not, I would give it to them. Um, but. For the most part, I was very quiet about it. And I'm, I'm super shy. So yeah. I'm a loner anyway, you know?
0: You I'm with you, sister. <laughs> you know? It's like, uh, like a spiritual club in high school. You think they have all these different clubs. There could be like a spiritual club where yeah. people could gather to talk about things like this, but they could be afraid of something like that, unfortunately. Right.
2: I think they should have that because it's real.
3: Well, I grew up in the south, and they would have sent us to the preachers to be saved.
0: Right,
1: right.
0: Get the demons out, yeah. Yeah, Ray, what do you think up there?
1: Well, I was taking a look at uh, list. Well, actually, listening, and my mind flashed on. If you go back to the older uh, Hindu beliefs, and one concept is the oneness. Yes. everything. It's simply the oneness. Yeah. And quite often what you do is you have different sages saying that uh, we are projections of uh, awareness. But it all falls in the line with what science is catching up to, even on a quantum level, with recent experiments they have. In the, and you can go even way back, some of the first ones, the connectedness, interconnectedness of everything, even on a quantum level. So it it is like science is catching up to reality. The reality is there is one and we are that one experiencing itself. You are, you have just expressed in your
3: own terms perfectly what Donald Hoffman's theory is. That's that, but he's done it mathematically and you're doing it from a spiritual viewpoint. Uh, and I've been a mindful meditator since I was a teenager and I do it less now than I should, but I still do it. And I can tell you when you when you get in a really good state, you are one. And she did a reading for me once where she clearly, astral projected, but with a enough of a connection to her body, she could talk to me about what she was experiencing. And she went off and experienced the universal consciousness and this universal, unbelievable, unconditional love. And then came back home and got pushed around by some entities.
0: Mm. Yeah, I mean, there's the, there's the, the cautionary tale of things you gotta worry, worry about. You know, you have that and bring, bringing, things back always. Have you ever been in a situation where you thought the person couldn't handle the truth that you were, that they were looking for?
2: Yeah, a couple of times, um, so a family member had murdered someone. And they found, after the reading, they did find this out, but um, I actually ended the reading because they got really upset, and I felt really bad, and that was hard. Um, There's funny ones, like uh, a wife that had passed away came to me to find her husband. I found her husband online, and I'm seeing these – I'd never read anything like this before. I'm seeing these images because they show me photos, like a family photo book, and it's like chains and whips and all this weird stuff. And I'm like, does this make, sense? I didn't know how to tell him. I was like, does this make sense? He's like, oh yeah. So they were heavy and like the dom sub stuff.
0: Yeah.
2: That was a first for a spirit. Usually it's real sweet, you know. And so that was her valid- way of validating
0: their love for each other. So. She may have
3: been horny on the other side, or something. You know I mean? we, we, we were together, and she began hearing uh, a, a, a ghost talk to her. And it quickly became clear to me in in a few minutes that she was talking to a friend of mine who had passed. And this friend had was we. Everyone was sure that he was dead, but he was never found. His car was found, but he was never found. And in my opinion, given her readings and the things she told me, the theory of the case by the locals was wrong. And I understand, given that I knew him fairly well and I knew things about him, the story she told, which I will not repeat here, is the true story. And he was murdered for personal reasons. And it was, it's just awful and there's nothing you can do about it. You don't dare go tell people because it's hard. And some of those involved are still alive.
2: I used to do cold cases and I stopped, but so, um, an ex-police officer just asked me to be part of a, a group again doing that. So those are, they're interesting.
0: They're a little sad, but yeah. it's nice to be so, like, what would be... they? The cold case would be you'd, like, show up on the crime scene type deal and...
2: No, they... Walk us through that a little bit. So, I read eyes. Um, and one eye shows the outer self that you present to the world. The other eye shows all your hidden stuff or, you know, everything. And they show me pictures and I can see what happened, who did it, what, you know, just... They just show me images of what I need to to decode it for people. Yeah. And so I don't have to go anywhere. They just send it over, you know, the Internet.
3: And cops don't like to take people to crime scenes that aren't a part of an investigation. Mm-hmm. Especially if it's years later, the crime scene is now being used for something else. So typically they just
0: let them see the evidence
3: and, hey, what can you tell us?
0: Mm-hmm. Will they ever show you, like, headshots or... What do they call that? They don't call them headshots. That's an acting term. Um, what do they call that in uh, the police lineup? Do they ever show you, like, those photos so you can be like, well, he looks like the guy that I'm seeing, or is, do you, do you, is it, like, so, or?
2: Not at first.
0: Yeah.
2: You just show the person that's missing or that passed, and I tell them I describe who I see. And then they show, so is it this person? I said, yes, that, that's exactly what, you know. They want to hear what I have to
0: say first. Yeah. Yeah. The usual, like the usual suspects movie. With, uh, yeah. Up in my head.
3: Or well, the medium television show, that kind of stuff. But she's never done all that formally, like the woman in medium, like the Arquette woman that plays the medium. Uh, she's never done all that very formally.
0: Yeah. Patricia Arquette, I believe. Yes, yeah. Patricia, that's her. Good old patricia I, I prefer her earlier work like in nightmare on elm street three the, mm-hmm. um, so like when you get getting into this when you when you when you start to go public with it i've always been curious of like trying to enter that field you know is it like a really cut through do you have to know somebody to get in or is it like i know certain you know Fields of work where they don't want anybody new coming in. You know, it's one of those deals. Is you find it difficult to get into it, or was it pretty kind of welcoming?
2: No, I was tested by a couple people before they let me in yeah. to see if I was real. So, which is good, you know, because they don't know who I am, it but
0: is- I go through certain things, yeah. There's gatekeepers everywhere, I
3: guess. You know? Yeah, you knew they were going to better before they turned her loose on a case. <laughs> oh, there's people's emotions. Yeah, 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 yeah. And she, if you ever say something wrong, she could really harm them. Mm-hmm. Well, that's the
0: thing. It would hate to get someone that didn't know what they were doing behind, like, one of those cold case deals, you know, because then you almost feel bad for whoever's in the picture. You're like, ah, Jesus. You know what I mean? That's tough.
2: Yeah. You
3: know what I mean? You gotta be ethical. If you're not ethical, you shouldn't be doing this. Yeah. And there are enough charlatans out there that only want money. Mm-hmm. Let them go have
0: it. Yep. I feel a lot of the TV people are. A lot of people don't like to hear that, but a lot of TV is, a lot of fakery on the telly. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I found out, uh, like I said, we we're kind of, we we're linked into the community, the entertainment community of our area. And I was watching a storage wars episode and by golly, somebody I knew was one of the bidders on the, on, on one of the, the storage containers. And I was like devastated. I said, not even storage wars is real. Come on. Like every single thing on TV, I think is <laughs> the work. Yeah.
2: That's a good show, too. I used to watch it. I didn't mean to ruin it for you,
0: then. <laughs> you know what I mean? I like it. So, you guys, how long ago did you guys link up? I know that Bob was looking to get red, and you, you read for him, and he kind of really opened him up, changed his life in more ways than one. You know what I mean? Um, and he just got right behind you and been supporting you the whole way, which is very nice. Mm-hmm. Um But, uh, yeah, so, like, you you guys, that's what linked you guys up, and then it was just kind of the show, you know, go for it type deal, as far as you, yeah.
2: I think the scientist in him
0: was intrigued
2: and wanted to learn what is going on. Why am I knowing this stuff? And that's how it first
3: started. Curiosity started it.
2: Right. And then we kept hanging out, and we just – we, we're, we look odd together, but we're actually the best for each other. Yeah. I mean, I think the energies are drawn to us because of who we are individually, but together we're like awesome. Does that make sense?
3: Yeah. yeah and it feels like, it feels like lots of stuff was orchestrated because oh, yeah. there's a ton of synchronicities. And uh, we've had, we've had a person tell us that we, all of this was planned.
2: Yeah. We've been to uh, about, We've been here
0: about a year. We've dated we've dated a little over a year. So yeah. So everything's moved really fast. Yeah. Yeah. And now, uh, where where are you guys out of Maryland, yeah. yeah. Maryland, yeah. Yeah, how's Maryland? They got a whole they got their they got their fair share of uh paranormal hotspots over there in Maryland.
3: A lot. That yeah. and this place is just covered up with Native American lands. Oh yeah, including yeah. the pot, track we live on was yeah. Susquehanna of Native Americans.
0: Yeah. You catch when you do? You just will you catch like if you're just in the house doing things, will you just kind of pick up on something? Yeah. Oh, oh, all God. the
3: time. Yeah, because so, here, here it is. So we're doing something. All of a sudden. <laughs> yeah. And I know she's talking to something
1: they're always up there
3: and i just shut yeah. my mouth and don't interfere
1: mm-hmm. yeah now do you have do you have friends actually sometimes say to you uh-oh they got that look <laughs> yeah <laughs>
2: uh-huh. we were playing pool today and one showed up and he, he at first he was a little feisty you know yeah. And then,
3: oh, I, and I, I, I acted ugly to him, <laughs> and he got mad. And <laughs> something happened.
2: I he so what he said was, "Keep moving the stick when I say stop, stop, and that's where you hit it." Three balls in a row, I got straight in the pocket. Uh, these were
3: not easy shots,
2: dude. I couldn't believe it. It was amazing. I was like, C- "Can you keep coming back?" <laughs>
3: <laughs> she had to move stuff away from him. And he's <laughs> <tight>. <laughs> so you know, <laughs> it was cool though. It, was, it was. In my defense, she seemed a little concerned at first about yes. how feisty he was. He jumped
2: in real quick. I, I didn't like it too much.
3: Right, but, but we've been told that her third eye and crown chakra are like beacons that could see across the solar system. So. Yeah. Uh, Things are attracted to
2: her. Well, I got an implant in my leg. I set off the airport. It's been in there for about 20 years. It's the size of a piece of rice, okay. and there's no scar. I never had surgery. I never fell, and it just appeared, and it hasn't left. And he did. Te- I get really bad headaches, especially during readings, and he did a test of a
3: tri-field meter,
2: and it was like. What was it? One she,
3: she, right, right here on her head, right here, this eye ridge, she was emitting .2 milliwatts of RF power. No human puts out that much radio frequency transmission. None. So he and you can see, there. you can see from the little meter that it was a bursting transmitter. That's how digital transmissions are, look from, uh, in a digital communication system. So something or someone has put something in her that's transmitting digital communications somewhere.
2: Have you guys heard anything about O-negative people? That's what I am, but anybody I ask, they don't know anything.
0: So. I'm not familiar, Ray. How about you? Nope, not familiar. O-negative people. A, a lot of people that I read for um,
2: that have had alien experiences are O-negative. And there's not many of us, so it's interesting.
0: Oh. I don't even know what I mean, to tell you the truth. <clears throat> we talk about blood type, right?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I, I used to know. I'm an old guy. I forget these how things. How old are you? I'm Forty what? years old. I forget these things. You know what I mean? <laughs> but that's interesting. I've seen I've seen like yeah. sh- spacecrafts and stuff like that. I've never you know what I mean? Um
3: how close were they?
0: They were, there was one where I was camping and it was like at the top of a hill. I guess I can't exactly call it a spacecraft, but, but it, it like zigzagged, It like zigzagged yeah. super fast down the hill. And like, then there was one where I was living in an apartment, the top floor of an apartment. And it was right around the nine eleven time. <clears throat> and I remember this, <clears throat> this noise of hearing something coming close. And I thought it was like a bomb. And, uh, I remember I was like, I, I was out the window waiting for impact in this like oval, <clears throat> it's like that, the army helicopters that are like the more oval shape, Bob, you probably know what I'm talking about. And, uh, yeah. it like, it had like lights on the side, orange, red, gray, like, like unnatural lights for like a plane. And, um, it went over my building. It felt like it was 15 feet above my building. It went over the tree line. And then, like, without time to realistically do it, it came right back in the same direction, almost like it hit reverse, and it went back over my building. And then that was that. And I remember I, I, I marked it down in a calendar, and it was like it tripped me out. I don't know what was going on. Yeah. So, what would
3: you say was its closest approach to you personally?
0: To me personally, would probably be the one over that the 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 building, and it had to have been. No more than 20 feet over my building, which is probably like... And like how far down the building? I was the, I was the top floor, so probably like 25 feet. Okay. I was pretty close. And the,
3: the, 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 the frequently asked question information list says mm-hmm. that if you're that close to one of them, they already are interacting with you. Mm-hmm. So they interacted with you, and you're seeing them twice makes me certain of it. You don't have any missing time or anything like that.
0: I could. I've always felt like a special guy. Like if like I would get like, yeah, why not? They could talk to Matt Fisher. He's a cool guy. You know what I mean? I could be on that list. Uh, I I
3: we, I can almost guarantee, given the stuff that I have learned, that you have had an
0: interaction. And rate things, I'm real sensitive to stuff too, because like, I don't, I don't think I can talk to, you know, the past on and all that, but I'll do, I'll see that I'll hear my name sometimes, you know, like I'll catch things out of the corner of my eye. I'm like sensitive to that degree, like lower level type stuff. I feel lower vibration type stuff. You're a, sen- you're a sensitive. That's what you'd be called. Yeah. yeah. I in the. I, when people are sad and stuff, I feel it. I feel it heavy. I hate that. That sucks. Oh,
2: yeah.
0: Yeah. But.
2: It is a heavy feeling. I I don't like going out to, like, Walmarts or malls. Yeah. Because it's a, a lot. It gives me anxiety, really.
3: And she comes home exhausted whenever we go into a crowded place.
0: No yep. Bars used to kill me. All my friends would want to go to the bar. And I go there, and I get so sad. I'm like, oh. what's going on here yeah i was a party pooper i've considered a party pooper for many years unfortunately well you have a touch of abilities i don't have any doubt thank you i appreciate that you know now it it says that lala you talk to um you'll talk to aliens for people so like what i know i could definitely understand you know you'd want to talk to passed on loved ones and stuff, but what type of info would people get from, like, an alien? You know what I mean? Like, are they looking for questions to, like, you know, what's at the end of the universe type stuff? Are they looking for how could humanity survive, you know? Or what what type of thing would we be looking? This is Sarah. I'm not joking. So it's
2: more of... If they were abducted, and so they, I don't, they don't tell me anything. I don't know anything. I'm just looking at their eyes in the picture, and I tell them, I, I see you on a table. It's always on a table, and they're doing something your body, and this happens. It's on the left arm, so, you know, on and on. And they go, oh, my God, I thought that was a dream.
3: So literally they're looking for validation validation. to prove to themselves they're not crazy. Yeah. The
2: aliens never tell me about end of the world stuff or dates or anything. Honestly, I'm not too interested in that. I want to, I just want to interact with them. You know what I mean? So they know not to tell me because honestly, I'd probably forget the date anyway. So I'm not the one. She would. Anyway. But yeah, I just, I validate people's experiences. Um so far that's pretty much what it's been. There are a lot of abductees,
3: you know. So there Bud Hopkins and John Mack did a lot of study of abductees. And, and MUFON, the Mutual UFO Network, they've done a lot of studies for abductees. And Kathleen Martin. Is Betty and Barney Hill's niece? They were the original famous abductees, and yeah. she ran the experiencer research team for MUFON. All yeah. of these people together have done statistical analyses, and it's millions of people in the United States
0: alone. Yeah, the um, I remember the abductees like uh, there was a alien. Stu- uh, Story of like, uh, like the the cattle mutilation type deal, but it was more like uh, they like it turned into like a black like fluid type deal. The black know. goo, like a yeah. black goo, yeah. yeah. You would you guys uh, subscribe to the idea that that alien life would be trying to save us in some way, or you think they're just existing and find us interesting?
3: All of the above. I believe there is a bunch that is trying to help us.
2: Yeah. The ones that come to us are trying to
0: help. They're definitely,
3: well, they're basically telling us they're trying to help us.
0: Yeah. You think there's, like, a bad, like, just the way they try to help, you think there's, like, a a, a not-so-friendly but harmful alien life that would try, hoping maybe we wouldn't be here, whether they want our area or (laughs) whatever it may be? Yeah.
3: Here's what it feels like. The group that's interacting with us, feels like they're trying to help. They want to help as many people as they can. Whatever that means. Take us away, whatever. The remainder, it feels like, without me being told, but it feels like they might fall during whatever else is coming.
0: Hmm.
2: I, I think that I've noticed that so different beings have come to us And showed up on our cameras, which we post all of our proof on Facebook for anybody to see. And when a new being comes, so they hide really well. But I am the weirdo that spends like every second looking at everything. And when I find where they're hiding the next day and from then on, they come out
3: of hiding.
2: Yeah. I think... Maybe if more people just believed, more would come out all over the world. Mm. You know what I mean? I think that's part of what they want. They want to be recognized. They just don't want to scare people.
3: You know? So let me add quickly. She has never read a single thing about close encounters of the fifth kind. Mm. This is human-initiated contact where people go out and mm, meditate and call them down. And they believe that. Their central tenet and their belief is that if enough percentage of human beings would do that, they would come down and visit. So, I mean, what what she's intuited is exactly what the close encounter of the fifth kind people believe and is the central tenet of their belief system.
0: Yeah. You know, we often hear people say that they're afraid because, we, you know, humanity is so kind of foul to each other. That. Why would they want to get caught up in it and us attack them or something like that? And it's kind of a believable thing, even though I feel like they could, you know, eliminate us easily if they wanted to.
3: Yeah. So if we're energy creatures and we're just temporarily occupying this spacesuit, maybe the ones that are interacting with us are going to take our energy away with them.
0: Your soul, yeah it's it's uh, it's very interesting stuff. I mean, you could always say you know when you you get a life on Earth and then when you die here, you go to a different planet and kind of live out through different you know whatever that flesh would be you know that's a central
3: tenet of the Mormon religion, yeah when they die, their souls go to their they each get their own planet
0: really
3: it's a space religion,
0: wow, that's lonely. You, you get people with you. I hope. I mean, crying for crying out loud.
3: Yeah, I, th- I think so. But they, but they believe in Christ, but they believe He was a paranormal, powerful being who that split off uh, for temporarily to interact with humanity on behalf of God. But they believe in aliens and UFOs, and they believe that when they're, when they die, their souls are going to go to a
0: planet. Do they get their own planet or a planet of different? like another species. So I'm not a Mormon. I'm yeah. going to tell you, I think I believe in red.
3: Yeah. My, my remembrance is they each get their own planet, but they're not
0: trapped there. That That's almost like the God thing in a way where they get to become their own God, you know, where they, they run their planet type deal.
3: I don't know. And I'm not a Mormon. So I just, no, offense to the,
0: the I no offense to the Mormons.
3: No, no, no. I mean, you know, they, they, they live ethical lives and follow a tenant and they're disciplined. They, there are tenants of it that are to be admired. Their discipline and their, uh, 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 sticking to their beliefs and so forth and trying to live ethical, decent lives is, is, is laudable.
0: As long as they listen to Mostly Ghostly, they're okay with me.
3: <laughs>
0: so I, I know you kind of re- did a little remodel in the house to make it more like uh, the technology, like bring the technology levels up so you guys could actually like kind of almost have spirits come there, right, or something? Can you explain that a little bit better? Absolutely. Absolutely. So uh, when, when, when Dave came to our security camera,
3: we added other cameras inside the house because we were having poltergeist activity thumps, things move, things falling off, that kind of stuff. Noises is in the night, you know. So we wanted to see if we could catch any of it on camera, so we put the cameras up, including in the bedroom, and our bedroom is full of worms. I mean, these are huge things. They are not dust smokes being illuminated by our. These are huge. They do weird stuff. They come like, they're shaped like dumbbells, and two at a time will fly together. Dust smokes don't fly together. Okay, so anyway, we would see that. So I said, you know, I wonder if we put some outside if we would see anything. So we put some outside and we started getting craft. We started getting weird orbs outside. We started seeing craft over neighbors houses. And then they started putting light beams down on the roofs of our neighbors houses and making the roofs transparent. And you know, we just, it just went cuckoo. And she's just totally obsessed. I'm asleep while she looks at these videos all night. Yeah. <laughs> That's how
0: I am, yeah. The uh I the only, you only go down the path of like those the Instagram videos with the kid with the, the weird annoying voice, you gotta be careful of those on those paranormal videos. Where all yeah, ooh, scary. Just gives me chills, in <laughs> the annoying way of chills. But The the
3: thing I fear for almost all the paranormal researchers is they don't practice or even know anything about grounding and protection. They are really opening themselves up to a world of hurt.
0: Well, I was just going to ask you about that because you were talking about with the spirits at the house. Like you got, of course, you fail with the, you're down with the follow back material. What do you guys do for protection to keep you safe? You know what I mean?
2: Okay, honestly, we could do more. We should do more. Oh,
0: no. Yeah.
2: Because look, I, I'm the type that I don't have to do anything to talk to them. I just connect real quick. And sometimes I forget to do certain,
3: whatever. Anyway, so. So I'm now her reminder. We, we, we sage, we use Palo Santo, we have crystals, up. Uh, we have, uh, uh, salt around places. We have uh we've we've both learned to I told her how to mindfully meditate and erect and her father told me, she is just stop doing it, erect the shield of mirrors around her in her mind and feel like she's imbuing it with energy and it's reflecting bad stuff back and sealing good stuff in. So we are doing that. And but I can tell you, every time she does a reading without exception, I have to remind her to close it all off. Mm-hmm. If I if I don't, they follow us down for a couple of days and drain our energy.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: For sure, we get that. I feel we talk about a subject that's too dark. You know, we don't do no. We do more prayers for that. You know what yeah. I mean? Um. So Ray, what do you think the appropriate prayer level is for something like that? Like if you're going out there every day, I assume to some degree, battling off with you know, what could be a negative spirit or something. Like, I'm sure you wake up to a prayer, go to bed with a prayer. Oh, you, yes. you know what I mean? And uh, What do you think, Ray? What what, what would consist of that? What, what what would be like a safe... You know what I mean?
1: Well, one thing... Um, well, I have an advantage being trained as a Reiki master. Uh, one thing I think on a very basic level everybody should do is balance their energies Mm -hmm. you're less susceptible if you got it you're balanced also find a type of meditation that uses and some of them you can go much faster than others but initially it'll take time to master uses a good visualization the flower of life the macabre whatever that's something you can an energy field you can wrap around yourself yes And you do that on a regular basis. Now, I have a particular favorite one that I have what I call the short form. In other words, what it is is, okay, did it. Mm -hmm. That's Uh, my short form. That works partly because I stay connected with on a regular basis doing the long form. So I'm always connected. I'm always keeping that, that, um, Energy field around me. That that is always there. So even if I forget anything that does happen, it's all, it works. I had an incident where um, I came up and I was in a particular situation, and it was kind of like oh, and I could feel it's kind of like uh oh, someone's probing, something's probing. It, it, it's kind of like uh, best thing to do is if you look at the Enterprise, they have shields up. When it takes a hit but the shield doesn't go down, they know it. Mm-hmm. You have your own personal energy shields. When it takes a hit, you know it. So basically you put more of your energy into the shield and go into a defensive mode, if, if you will. Um, those are things Those are things you can do. Particular prayers will help. I do have one question, though. Um, do you believe in human form there are other entities, whether they be alien or something, from another dimension walking among us
3: yes yeah yeah so almost all ufo people that have had abductions have done some study about what's happening to them and they understand the process of screen memories these things can project a different shape into your mind and i believe that because of the consciousness stuff i've been studying so yeah they can appear like they want to yeah And she's been abducted and subjected to experiments, and they appeared different
1: than what she thought they would because they put up a screen memory. Mm -hmm. Now, when you're walking down the street, can you train yourself to recognize them, even if they're in human form?
2: It just feels different. That's the only way I know. Like, if someone's psychic, they have a different vibration you know, and if someone's not exactly human or hybrid, they have a different vibration. But other than that, I can't really tell them, no.
3: She can't see them, but she can feel them. Yeah. And I can well, look at her face and tell when she's got something. going. Something is weird because her face takes on a different look. She's like, really gets intent. And I can say, she has seen something. Let me be quiet while she deals with it. <laughs>
1: no. Because everybody... um as you know, they'll receive their messages or their images, different people, different ways. Some will see, some will hear, some will feel, or, or a com- any combination of them. Mm-hmm. But it's it's in, it's interesting to see how uh, how it hits everybody because of the differences. Our energy uh, helper, rival person, is a dead Shakti Bueller.
3: And basically, I worry about stuff like that. And I asked her, what should I do to help protect Lala? And she basically chewed me up and down and said, dude, you better worry about yourself. She is surrounded by guardians and nobody's ever going to mess with her. Man. Okay. <laughs> so I have been to be hard on my own personal protections because I don't think I have an army of guardians like multiple people have told me and her she does. Nice. Yeah, I believe it now. I believe it, but I But I'm, I I'm, I'm like sitting there doing protections or raising shields, going outside and walking barefoot in the grass and grounding. I mean, so I don't, I don't want these things messing with me. And I know that she has all these guardians. She has a mission. That's what I believe,
0: and they're here to protect her. Yeah, I believe it. You know. The, uh, like your father is definitely protecting you. <clears throat> I was talking to a friend of mine today that was, um, she's been on the show before actually, Jess, and she was like wondering if her dad, you know, was like looking out for her and you know, proud of her and all that stuff. And of course, of course, you know what I mean. And they're there, we're talking about how the whole tagged in and you feel them around sometimes, you feel like, uh, the burdens of life aren't as bad as they are. And it's almost like they help, they're helping you pick up that weight. You know what I mean? Yeah. Which, we got into the really deep, it's a deep conversation. It was pretty good stuff. Pretty good stuff. You know what I mean? But yeah, I definitely feel you're protected for sure. Bob, you're protected too. You know, I mean? you know so I've been told, but, but, but uh, and I believe her mother and father and
3: my mother uh, are really here. They are really here. She, my mother talks to her all the time and so she she has, she has some pains from some medical issues she had and I began to see if I couldn't imagine, uh, holding my hand over her and feeling some kind of healing energy. So I would imagine my hand glowing and getting warm or whatever. And I would evoke her father and literally his visage would come right in front of my face and my hand would warm up and she would tell me that she was she'd feel better. So I hope that he is helping me help her because he was a Reiki. He was so good and so loved that the native Americans around here took him into their sweat lodges and their sacred ceremonies and he did it for decades and I believe they treated him and felt about him
0: that he was a shaman. He
2: was a sweetheart. He was literally the kindest person.
0: He never got mad. He was just a good guy. It sounds like Ray. That was that was a lot like our pal Ray up there. He's been invited in. You know, he's he's quite an interesting character. I always steal the spotlight from him. But he's good we guy.
3: have a we have a video that we should put up. We haven't, but we should put it up. And the video is. This figure that you can barely see is walking up in front of our front door camera, walk to the steps and you can see this shape. So enhanced. I said, you know, that looks like, that looks like a spear in his hand. And it's like a human body that has a, has a big skin over the top of it. Yeah. I talked to, to send it off to a digital forensic analyst and she agreed. So then I began searching and like synchronicity. Oh, I put in Manitou and Susquehanna because of where we are. And that's on the page in front of me was the image of the Susquehanna Manitou, exactly like the thing that walked through our front door.
2: Dude, we've had you got portals. This is on
3: video we posted.
2: Up in the sky in our backyard, a very large portal opened up. The light swung around it and then shot out. I mean, we've had some stuff.
3: Yeah, we've had some it's stuff. It's amazing. Yeah. So we feel, we feel privileged and honored, and we hope we're doing what we're supposed to be doing. Yeah. I think so. We've dedicated our life to this. Yeah, yeah. She's going to take a break.
0: Is that okay? Yeah, for yeah. sure. Okay. I'll be I, right back. All right, cool beans.
1: I'd like to ask a couple of quick questions. Uh, One is, do you do any work remotely, such as remote uh, readings? And can you do remote viewing? Have you done that? Um, Most of my readings are from a
2: distance. Uh, I do it online. All I need is a picture of your, whoever wants a reading. I need a picture of their eyes. And that connects me to them, their body, their surroundings, their future, past. And then it goes into their friends that are living. And then it goes into people that they love that have passed. And then it goes into if any other beings have ever crossed paths with them and they need a message or they need a validation about something that happened. And remote viewing... I, I do do. We take lessons by Simeon Hines. He's really good. Anybody can look him up and get, um, the classes too. And it, he gives us co-
3: coordinates. Coordinates. It's coordinate.
2: <laughs> and we say what we see. And, um, it's very, he teaches a certain way. By, uh, Indigo
3: Swan. Ingo, Ingo. Ingo, so, Ingo Swan. So, Ingo, who was the guy that t- t- taught Hal Putoff and Russell Targ about uh, remote viewing and started the Stargate program for the CIA. That's when, because, and that was in response to the CIA finding out the Soviet Union was doing it. So Ingo Swan taught Hal Putoff and, and, Hal Putoff and Russell Targ about remote viewing and proved to them that it was possible. And so they began writing a program to teach remote viewing. And then Monroe Institute took off and uh, 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 Joe McMone and Ed May and those people went to Monroe. So all of this was hooked together and Simeon was taught by Ingo Swann. And he's our instructor. So she's going to be the super viewer, and I'm going to be the person that helps her while she's doing a reading because I'm good at that. I don't, I don't have that those abilities, but I do seem to have a knack for intuiting how to help her when she's doing it. Mm-hmm.
1: Do you believe that everybody has the abilities, just most people it's undeveloped, or yes. And-
3: and and Simeon teaches that, and and the people at Monroe teach it, and we believe it.
2: I think we're all
3: magical. Everybody has hunches, but most people just don't pay attention to them.
2: It's like everybody can cook, but some people are just naturally talented, and they become chefs. That's kind of how the energy field is. We all have it. It's just you. You, you got.
3: You got to learn to shut off.
2: The ego. The, the ego and reality
3: around you and let other signals flow in. If you practice that and learn to do it, you can remote view.
2: I think as kids, we all know it. A lot of kids experience the paranormal.
3: Yeah, I had a lot of weird stuff happen when I was young. And when I became this serious scientist, I stopped doing any of it. We're
2: taught that it's not real.
3: And I just went very materialistic. Very non-spiritual until I was given no choice. Multiple things happened to me. I went to Jerusalem for the United States government, uh, cause I worked in the intelligence community and I went into the Church of the Holy Sepulcher and I had a paranormal experience in the Church of the Holy Sepulcher. Felt the Holy Spirit, if you will. And then, uh, the, the, the readings with the visit with Chris Bledsoe. So, so uh, my spiritual awakening began in the early 2000s, and I woke up, for sure, when I went to see Bledsoe, but I always felt like he was the cause of me seeing this stuff. But then I got to her, and I realized we are all the cause of the stuff if we open our minds to it and let it happen.
2: They're just drawn to certain people a little more, and I think those people are supposed to give messages to the, the world, a soft disclosure, I guess.
3: But anybody can learn to do what we're doing and you're doing if they put their mind to it, if they practice how to meditate or whatever, how to clear, clear the signals clear the noise away from the signal.
0: I got a question for you real quick with the intelligence deal. I've often wondered because the human mind, they say we only use a certain amount of it and it, it could possibly be dangerous if we use the full mind. And I have this theory, probably not the first person to say this or think this or whatever, but if if there was like a weird vibration or a weird hum, like how dogs hear things that we don't hear, if there was some type of hum that like we just get used to from being a baby, it's always there. You just get used to it, but it like shuts down some of your brain. What do you think about me saying something like that?
3: Go for
2: it. You answer for then- I'm you,
3: she hears she hears stones all the time when different yeah. things are happening uh, she just knows how to pay attention to it and use them uh, I mean like the- I receive I, so so let me, let me explain to you from a scientist's point of view yeah. the practical viewpoint of what you are saying okay. David Bohm I mean, was a very well known theoretical physicist And he believed there was a pilot wave going throughout the universe. And he constructed the uh, non-relativistic quantum mechanics with this pilot wave. And there are some problems with it, but it really is one of these things you'd love to see develop because it really helps in a lot of ways. What you're talking about is like the pilot wave throughout the universe. And some physicists have gotten quantum mechanics out of it. So I believe it. Yeah. Almost like
0: uh, the, uh, if, can
2: if you somebody... talk? I can't really
0: hear you too much. Can you talk? Almost. sorry. A... Right. Oh no worries. I picked the microphone up again. Almost like, uh, almost like a sha- like a like a shackling of like brain power, like a way to like kind of shackle it up and not be able to use it to its full extent. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's an- interesting. Well, the modern world puts a lot of sh- crap in our head. Yeah.
3: I mean, look—we've—we've we've got these things in front of our faces all the time. They're interfering with the spiritual, non-physical part of our abilities. Yeah, yeah. these are interfering.
2: All the wires around us, the stuff they put in our food, air, water. Or I'm getting
3: us a, a us a Faraday cage, and we're going to meditate inside it.
2: We have something. We got to plug it in. It's on our bed. It's a uh,
3: it's an electromagnetic sheet.
2: It's a grounding sheet. That we just have had on there for months and have not plugged it in, but whatever.
3: We, got <laughs> we We are we, 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 we are in too many different directions and everything intersects.
0: I have ADD, so yeah, I've been, A grounding sheet on a bed.
3: Yeah, yeah, we bought a grounding sheet for the bed, and I got to tell you, yeah. I'm sleeping better. I really? don't mind telling you. Yeah,
2: but it has little prongs and a little wire, and you but put- you, you not get to
3: the ground lug in your house.
2: Yeah.
0: I dig it. I dig it. Um, what do you what, what do you guys think happens when this when we're in the, the life we're in right now, all of us, when we take our final breath and what do you think happens at that moment?
2: Ooh, I think it dep- my opinion is that it all depends on how you pass. If it's traumatic, I think. Sometimes you're confused and you still think you're alive. Um, I've had experiences. So my my dad died by accident, and his energy was it was so strong and it was it was so chaotic and confused that there came a point where I actually wrote on a piece of paper and said out loud, like, "Dad, you died this date. This is what happened." And I swear it it all calmed down because it was a lot. It was so much it scared me. And I knew he, he wasn't, he didn't mean to. And then sometimes I think that, you know, we just go off into our energy being and back to source. I know real quick if I could say that when I went to see him the last time after he passed in the funeral home, it was just me in the room and Over his body, you know, I was just talking to him, saying goodbye, this and that. And over his body appeared the brightest light hovered right over his chest. And then the lights flickered in the room and it shot into his nose. And I knew that was him saying, this is what I am. This is me. I'm energy. I'm still here. And I knew that's what we really, we are that little
3: light. All of us. Right right after we got together, I was in my home in Alabama before I moved up here. And I was sitting in my living room looking at television and my mind drifted off. And all of a sudden, that white hot orb appeared over the couch a few feet away from me. It sat there and it wiggled around for a bit and it left. So that night I went to bed and I woke up in the middle of the night and I was wide awake. And I saw a stirring in the corner in the shadows and a young boy walked toward me, got a few feet from the bed and disappeared. It was just amazing. I wasn't afraid. It was just amazing. So I described him. and I says, do you have a picture of your dad or tell me what he looked like when he was young? And she did. And it was her father that had walked across the room and stood at the end of my bed And I think he was the white-hot orb that was in my living room before. So, you know, you have these experiences, you stop disbelieving. Once your mind has been opened, you can receive more of this stuff. But I've seen people, and when she tries to do readings for people who are hyper-negative, it doesn't work. It just doesn't work. It's
2: harder to, to read. I still do it, but it's harder And what helps is if I say, you know, I'm feeling kind of angry. I'm not, it's not me. I don't know why. And as soon as I say that, how I feel, they go, you know what? I I am angry today. And so we have like a little therapeutic session, right? It's not therapy. I can't say that, but it's therapeutic. They let it out and then I can go in and read their energy. It's always good to point out how you feel, whether, you know, just say it in a nice way and, you know, because I'm there to help them. I don't want to sugarcoat everything. I try to be as nice as I can, but some things I have to get out so I can help them.
3: Yeah. So, I mean, we have... We have paranormal and alien experiences. We just have grown accustomed to it. And to tell you, I just told you that story because you brought it up. But I had totally forgotten about it for months. I hadn't brought it up in months. But that was a very impactful event. Seeing her father walk across my bedroom, stop at the end of the bed, stare me in the eyes and disappear. And I saw her mother. I was at the Gulf and her. I saw a woman walking up my driveway. I said, Who is that at this time of night? Came around the corner, looked at me, and disappeared right in front of me. And I saw a picture of her when she was
0: younger, and it was her. You think that's their way of kind of giving you their blessing? They're saying you better be good. Yeah, <laughs> you Keep
3: my if I'm not good. <laughs> yeah.
2: so when my mom passed, my mom was uh, murdered, and it was very hard on me. And a few nights after her death, I was just crying in bed because I just lost my dad, too, the same year, a couple of months ago, before. And I heard her say, I'm over here. I'm right. No, she said, I'm right here with you. And I just completely calmed down. It was so nice. It's It's interesting. They're very helpful. So before my mom passed, my dad kept trying to tell me that something was wrong with her caretakers. Yeah. And I thought I was just traumatized, you know, but now that I think about it, it, he wanted to help save her. It's, it's interesting what they do on the other side. But anyway.
3: She, she was murdered by bad guys who took all of her assets through power paternity trans, trans, transmission Sorry. and left her with nothing.
1: Yeah.
2: But I did, I, I passed before each one passed. I guess what was nice in a odd way is I dreamt my dad passed, and so before he passed, I said every, the dream said tell your father you love him, and we were best friends. But I I once I said all what I wanted to say because I just had this weird feeling, and it was, we had a nice moment over the phone. And then I I I dreamed of my mom. So I guess I was kind of prepared, but not really. And then I dreamed of my boyfriend. He had cancer, but he went into remission, but I had a dream he passed. And a year after my mom's death, he did pass. So it, this, this whatever gift I have, it kind of wants to, it prepares me. But when I read for others, it helps me prepare them too.
3: If that makes sense. So when she, when she has these dreams that are forecast in the future, they're, they're quite vivid and very different. And so the one she had about Dave was one of these pre-cog dreams.
0: My, mm-hmm. uh, my grandfather used to dream about things and then that happened. And I remember after he died, I had a dream of him, but like, uh, he wasn't like, he was like scary looking. And I always wondered what that, what was up with that. Cause usually you hear about, you hear about seeing people, and they look like, you know, the younger, or they look like they looked like when they were alive. He kind of looked like he would have looked like in the coffin. It was kind of scary. Uh, and I, but I will say that I did, I seen him at the, when I seen him at the funeral home, it was the first like dead body I seen of a loved one. So I think that probably like had a little trauma on me or something like that.
2: I was going to say, yeah, our emotions mix. So it's easiest for them to, communicate with us when we're asleep because our ego is out of the way and our judgments, but we still have the human emotion associated with it. And so what you felt seeing him kind of ran in with that. But he didn't mean for that to happen.
3: Or or, or you're you're sensitive and something saw you and you were vulnerable and it tried to make a mess with you by looking like a horrible-looking version of your father. I mean, who knows?
0: Yeah. Maybe. How do you guys feel about music? I was gonna bring up music earlier when we we're talking about like prayers and stuff. I feel like if you almost kept a chant C D or something like on full rotation constant rotation.
3: We are always
0: listening to music. Yeah. Always.
3: And I play I play I regularly play Thich Not Hans Bell Chant. It's it's mystical. It's yeah. absolutely mystical. And he is my Buddhist father, if you will. I learned I meditation from him.
2: I just listen
1: to rock music. I'm sorry. That's <laughs> nah, all good. Don't worry. I love music. Have you, uh, have you ever important. heard of Jonathan Goldman? No. Who is that? Jonathan. He, has a, uh, he, he does work with music. One of the first things that he did, which was excellent, It's called Chakra Chants. Mm. He went around the world and found what different societies, preferably Aboriginal or older ones, what sounds and chants they used for the different chakras. And then he overlaid them and brought them all together. Now, it takes about an hour because each one is... uh, seven, eight, nine minutes long. But if I've been with people when I've had that in the background, I used to use it in in a healing ceremony. And I listen to it to help cleanse them. But there have been people where I've had that in the background. They come to visit and I've got it on. I go to turn it off and they'll go, oh, my stomach. And it goes away as soon as I turn it off. Yeah, It cleans everything right out, just the sound. Okay, I'm writing this down so I won't forget it. Yeah, I was going to say. Yeah, that's Jonathan Goldman. Thank Uh, you. It's a shocker chance. He has two of them. I'm talking about the original, the older one. Older one? uh, I'm not sure how old it is, but it's... uh, Most of his his work is good, but the shocker chance is one thing, which even if you're not aware of it, it just moves. It breaks up those blockages in there. lets you... Get your energy moving very well. If you combine it with a meditation or a purpose, it's even better. But you can put it on in the background while you do things at the home or whatever. Yeah, we, we can do that. We we have all sorts of
3: musical playing things in the house.
1: Yeah. I noticed you mentioned the Monroe Institute. Do you ever use their binaural beats in your meditations? I do indeed.
3: Yes, I, I, and I have all of Robert Monroe's books. And so it's his books that are going to be the, our principal guide on doing out of body and astral. And uh, but she not she wants to go to Monroe and learn uh, the CIA uh, health uh, methods that the CIA discovered while they were working there, and go through their certification because uh, uh, that that would be really good. I'm not sure that she'll ever want to work for the government, but that's up to her. Maybe. Maybe. That's up to her. I I, I just want her to go as far as she can as she wants to and feels like with her abilities. But she's got remote viewing skills.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Open Bibles work too. But I, you know, in the religious zone. But uh yeah, you know we're gearing down onto the the end of the show real quick, and uh, this has been a lot of fun. You know, hope you guys had fun coming on the show. Oh yeah, yeah, this is really fun. I hope we come back when we yeah, would love would love to have you guys back on again. You know what I mean?
2: We have tons to share. We've been having
0: together for under a year. September
3: the first was going to be our first when uh, the anniversary of when we really got going. Yeah. You know, we're making mistakes, we're learning, we're having fun, and you know, we need all the instruction and help we can get. We are not, we're not know-it-alls. We know we need help. So we just keep, i out know, keep to get out here talking about what we're seeing and happening and hoping people like Ray comes along and tells us to go make Jonathan Goldie, uh music. That's what we are doing this for. To tell what's happening to us because we feel that's our job and to learn from the people we talk to.
2: Right. People contact us and they're always, we're, we welcome anybody to share their experiences. Cause, you know, a lot of people don't feel safe enough to talk about it. Right.
3: So. We will take any kind of positively delivered criticism anyone has. Yeah. You're a jerk, we're going to block you.
0: Nah, that's what jerks get around in these parts. <laughs> you know, we, we don't we don't we don't play with jerks or, or lamos. We get rid of them immediately.
1: Yeah, life's yeah. too short for trolls, for sure. I was going to say, just don't waste your energy. You protect it. That's all. Yeah, exactly, right. exactly. Yeah. We we don't need to work. We we don't need to fight with them. Yeah, yeah.
0: So everybody go check them at lalabrightllc.com. That's the place to be. Woo! You know what I mean? Well, this is a lot of fun. I, I thank you again, and we'll have you back soon. We love the discussion. This is good talking.
3: It was great. And thank you for saying that because it just jumped into my mind what a dummy I've been. I haven't put her her Facebook page or her Twitter account where everyone can see it on her on her website. I'm feeling like Oh my goodness! I'm just gonna fail if I don't wake up.
2: I'm firing <laughs> you as my man. <laughs> She's gonna fire
3: me. Is <laughs> <laughs> the, tw- the <laughs>
1: Twitter the <laughs> Twitter account Everything the same? Happens. Everything happens for a reason. You were meant to remember it right now. Yeah, Wildbright59 is her on Twitter.
0: You got an Instagram?
2: Uh, that's just my. I have a face painting business. That's just the okay. face. That's
0: You got down the Juggalos face painting. I see peas. Well I know who they
3: are. Yeah, I used oh, to yeah. listen to them all the time, yeah. So just let me let me brag about her, because this is also stuff she does. She is an amazing artist. And she's face painted at the White House twice. I mean, she's really talented. And she took off a while when she, all the tragedy happened. And she's coming back now, and I'm I'm so happy for her. My I get a lump in my throat when I think about how far this Woman has come after all that tragedy. But she's coming back to face painting, and she is a world class artist.
0: Thank you. world class person. You are a very lucky man, Bob. Very lucky
3: man. uh, uh,
0: She tells me every day.
3: Thank (laughs) you. And so does everybody else, by the way. Hell
1: yeah. Ray, you want to say anything in closing? I just want to thank you both for being on the show. This was great. Ray, Matthew, we
3: loved it. And yeah. I hope we're not strangers. Never. We're going to have you back to the energy And we both
2: feel it. This is
0: fun. We're good vibing. We're vibing good. We're vibing good. And we'll definitely have you back. Have a great night over there. Ray, you have a great night as well. You, you too. Everybody listening at home, have a great night. If you enjoyed this episode, go check out more. And we'll catch y'all on the next episode of Mostly Ghostly.
1: Boils and ghouls. I'm reaching out from the grave.
3: Don't you know? I recently passed away.